Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the house. <laughs> and you talk about things you want to get done. Woohoo! We're going to cover it this hour. Get yourself a motorhome and get out and enjoy the great state of Arizona. Welcome, Arizona homeowners, to Rosie on the House. We're going to invite y'all. We are a home improvement show, so you can call in, and we'll answer any home improvement question you've got, one 767 But as regular listeners of the show, you know that I take command of the show and steer it down many, many, many bunny trails, and this is going to be one of them. And one of my favorite bunny trail leaders in the whole state is Mr. Roger Naylor. <laughs> You're the only guy I know that's got more bunny trails than me. <laughs> You're like accusing me of being a bad influence here. I just walk in the door, I sit down, next thing I know, he's throwing accusations at me. Now, now other than official writer and documenter of Arizona Bunny Trails, what is your job title? <laughs> Do I need one? Uh, I, no, I don't know no, that I need one. No, no, you I, don't. No. I'm an Arizona travel writer and author is what I uh, what I generally call myself, although professional bad influence is not a bad but, uh, I, I'm, I'm sort of the hooky king of Arizona. Amen. If you oh, want to get out and see this great state, I, I, I tried to tell you where I to would, go. I would love that job title. <laughs> That's a good one. That's and, a really good one. I've always said we've got snow days in other parts of the country. Arizona needs a too pretty to work day. You know, as, uh, yeah, as you know, yeah. like it, it would have to come in a certain criteria. It would be on a Monday, 72 degrees, clear sky. And it would be optional or not, but it would. It would kind of be a fun thing to bring to the state because, I mean, people deal with snow days. Why can't we have a too pretty to work day? A sunshine day, absolutely. Yeah. I we, say, I agree with that. I, I take advantage of. I have my own program <laughs> that I've implemented. The state is just a little further behind. The dilemma with that is that we'd only have six effective work days a year. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you would just yeah. be like once a year. Oh, the, the government oh, proclamation. Oh. It's it's this coming Monday is going to be a too pretty to work day. Well. Roger pretty well travels the state by boot. You may know him from the book we started publishing, not publishing, but promoting years ago. Boots and Burgers. Boots and Burgers. Trailheads that you can get a great hike in and just happen to find a great sandwich somewhere as close to the trailhead. Uh, When that book came out, we, we just knew we had to get to know Roger and have really counted a blessing that he's been a part of the show for this many years. So traveling by boot is Roger. But how about for those of you that like to see it from a windshield? And we've brought in Mr. Steve Love with La Mesa RV. So we're going to cover seeing Arizona every which way you can. And Steve, y'all have got a great opportunity to take a look at some of your inventory just this weekend. We sure do. We've got uh, what's called the Ultimate RV Show running at Westworld of Scottsdale. Opened this morning at 9 o'clock. I actually started on Thursday. It runs today and tomorrow from 9 a.m. to 7 a.m. both days. And as I was thinking, you know, the temperature outside is supposed to be in the hundreds, right. low hundreds this week. So if you don't have your super cooling program going yet, Westworld, we're in North Hall. Uh, so it's air conditioned and it's free. Not only free parking, but free admission. You have all the vehicles parked in air conditioning? Primarily almost of them inside. So if you want to start with uh, whether it's a Class A, a Class B, a Class C, they're inside. They're all open. We have over 200 RVs ready to go looking at and uh, find something that works for you and your family. 
And a little bit later in the program, our weekly to-do, something that we cover at the third segment, the 10 o'clock hour, is a home maintenance task. It's actually RV home ownership that's in our following along our homeowner handbook because a lot of our listeners do own RVs and what they need to know about getting them ready before we go on our summer vacations coming up here, road trips. And it is a great time to be planning your summer schedule, uh, whether that's vacations either by foot or by (laughs) wheeled version. Uh, You know, this is an opportunity to come out and take a look at that. And by foot, I mean, you still got to drive to the trailhead. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm all over the state. I, I, I'm not walking there. So. Yeah, and if you want a burger, you can drive your RV there if you're not in for a hike for the day. When, when our kids were growing up, we still had farm property back in South Louisiana. So our summers invariably involved jumping on Interstate 10, Tucson, Benson, Las Cruces, El Paso, Houston, <laughs> Lake Charles. The kids always said, man, if it weren't for Texas, we'd sure live close to the farm. Uh, but, Romy, how did we keep you kids occupied? I, You know, I was always driving. I ignored y'all. What, what were y'all doing all those hours? Well, we had a, one of those Ford vans that had like three or four seats. Uh, we shouldn't admit to this, but we took out the middle, too, so we could lay down. And we would take turns on the floor. I mean, we had card games. Um you know, the first one was still Walkman where you had cassette tapes, so everyone had their a lot of their own music. Um, up front, we had a CB where, you know, truckers were still using the traditional oh, yeah. CBs that go two or three miles, what they use now. I mean, it's far more advanced. It's the way I kept awake at the wheel. Yeah. So <laughs> we'd learn how, to, learn how to use that and learn how to count uh, road marker signs along the way, mile yeah. markers, and they go count down. If you're going west, they count up if you're going east. And Now, you just took your whole family and about seven horses to Atlanta. What, did you, what do you do now on road trips? Well, again, I shouldn't admit to it, but when you're towing a horse trailer, there's usually a live-in quarter, and there's room to spread out and nap. Oh, I wouldn't admit nap and, you know, <laughs> Somebody's driving, somebody's napping, and you get to the next gas station, you switch turns, some next person's napping, next person's driving. Well, Steve, what if 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 uh, Roger will never get to this point? But when you get too old and too stiff to sleep on the ground anymore, mm-hmm. what are some of the questions you ought to think about in in stepping into that first? Should you just jump into a class A and forget all the first and second grade stuff? Well, I think it depends on. <laughs> You know, who you are and what you want to do and the size of the family. Is it you just as a single individual or is it you and a wife or a partner or is it you and several kids? Uh, so you have to look at where are you at in that life stage and life cycle of your of your family. So what I would always look at or have people consider, yes, you and Roger may have said, well, here's the best campground with a, 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 a picnic table you can take your sleeping bag to sleep on. But at some point you're going to say, you know, the rocks and the, and the uh, nature is a little bit too much. I want a little bit more protection. So it really starts with, I wouldn't suggest just jump into a Class A because that's what you've heard is the best. There's different designations for all styles and types of RVs that exist in the world. It really starts looking at how are you going to use it? What's the family composition look like? Where do you want to use it? Uh, where are you going to store it? And then start looking at, okay, does this fit and, and or, or does this not fit? And start isolating those things that you may want to look at and say, this is a better for our 
current needs. Now, obviously, as the kids grow a little older, Romy, they may want more space. Or as they have left the nest, you may go, we got way too much space now. We don't, but we still want to continue to travel. We need to downsize, but we don't want to downsize so much that we shrink. So there's all these things that go in that lifestyle consideration of where are you at today in what you're trying to do and where you want to go. And that may change in two years, five years, or 10 years. And you're back into that market looking at what would do what fits for us today. And it sounds funny in the summertime, but it's still relevant in the summers. A big part of our camping experience is fire. Well, most of Arizona, during most of the summer, you can't go to any places. You can't have a fire. That's correct. You know, that's, that completely changed our, our camping style. Well, I think it's not just Arizona. There's a lot of states right now that have fire restrictions or we're going to go into fire restrictions. But in some RVs, if you need that fire element, there are electric fireplaces inside the RV. So it, <laughs> or, it, or it has storage where you can put the five-gallon propane tank and the little portable you know, gas stove that you can yes. set out and sit around. You could. It just depends, again, where you're going to go and what are those restrictions or availability going to be. Now, I'm seeing more younger people uh, in RVs at the, mm-hmm. in the campgrounds mm-hmm. and, the, and a lot of the smaller RVs, right. the more compact <laughs> RVs. Is that a trend or is it just something I'm noticing? Uh, it may be something that as a, in our age range we notice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody's younger because than at me one now. Point That's we were, probably it. <laughs> we were all younger and we were probably doing various things in an RV or camping or whatever. Uh, so I don't know if, it, you know, the, I know the industry says it's a trend, but I don't know that if we really reflect back if it's a true trend or that's just, again, the lifestyle that, that we see in the lifestyle cycle of people and, and what they're doing today. One of the books that Roger has written is a book about every state park in Arizona. He's been to every one and kind of analyzed it for amenities, uh, location. Uh, that's a great book. Thank you. Arizona State Parks. Yeah, you got to support our little parks here. These are the parks that belong to us. They're on our doorsteps. You know, we're the ones that uh, get them. And they're, they're these really great bite-sized little family-friendly adventures. I think if you're, you know, for RV, because they're certainly for tent campers, but for RV as well, they're a great starting point. Because you know the facilities are always going to be very clean and up-to-date. Um, you, and everything's easy accessible. I live in Cottonwood, so my go-to park where I am at just about every day is Dead Horse Ranch State Park. Okay. You've got two campgrounds, tent and, and RVs, both uh, welcome. You've got the Verde River. You've got three fishing lagoons. You've got 20 miles of trails. They offer horseback rides there, incredible birding. Uh, you know, so it's everything's just right out your door there, and that's the way with a lot of the parks all over. You know, if you want water, you go up to Lyman Lake oh, or yeah. Full Hollow, a, a cool off you can go down to patagonia lake or over a cattail cove on the colorado river so you got all kinds of options so great the, starting the, the thing about cattail cove is the way they've got those terraced up yeah you, you actually have few lots exactly <laughs> you know, it's, it's just spectacular and, and patagonia lake is kind of the same way yeah, you know yeah so when we get back we're going to talk about maybe some of the favorite locations Roger and Steve have of seeing the great state of Arizona and feel free to join the conversation at one 767 I'm certainly going to rattle off a few of my favorite locations but before we go on a quick break Roger your latest book Awesome Arizona 200 amazing facts about the Grand Canyon State I want to open the next segment with three of the best 200 Okay. Amazing facts. <laughs> and then, so we'll go to the three best amazing facts of the, of the new book by Roger, Amazing Arizona. And then we'll have a roundtable conversation of the best places to go out and camp in your RV in Arizona. And I'm, 
I, I'm sorry to say my favorite one, Jennifer will never, <laughs> ever go back. I got her there once. She'll never go back. And it's the best place in Arizona to camp under the stars. I'll tell you where it is right when we get back. Having a little fun here at Rosie on the House. Talking about the great joy of getting out and seeing all of Arizona. Two very special guests, Mr. Roger Naylor. Uh, what was it? Dictator of... of <laughs> no, di- I'm a dictator. Di- dictator. I'm the hooky king of hooky Arizona. King. Hooky, hooky king, <laughs> not dictator of hooky. Okay, all right. Uh, your new book. Awesome Arizona. Awesome Arizona, 200 amazing facts about the Grand Canyon State Part Encyclopedia Part Love Letter for people like me who love this state or just want to learn more about it. I would have to say if you know someone as a recent arrival to Arizona, get to Roger Naylor's website. RogerNaylor.com. Some great books in there to introduce the newcomer to Arizona. So the new book, Hot Off the Press, The Ink is Barely Dry, Awesome Arizona, 200 amazing facts about Arizona. And I just had to stop somewhere because, you know, yeah, I, oh, yeah, you know yeah. I had to cut it off because otherwise we just kept going. Okay, so pick three off the top of your head that you would rate as pretty pretty most incredible. Well, okay, I, these are – I'll give you two that are back-to-back in the book. Fact number nine, Arizona has more mountains than any of the other mountain states. Sorry, Colorado. We have more mountain peaks, more mountain summits. And fact number 10, Arizona is the only state to contain all four major American deserts. Because that right there is pretty much the Arizona story, that combination of desert mountains and such close proximity. That's what makes us... It increases our diversity. That gives us that option to enjoy every season, every opportunity. That's what makes a huge difference. Those four yeah. deserts. Sonoran's probably what most Sonoran, people are yeah. familiar uh-huh. with. You got Mojave. Yep. Chihuahuan. Chihuahuan. And Great Basin. Great Basin. So Chihuahuan, is, you were just saying that this is getting turned into an audio book, and you've got to provide connect correct pronunciation <laughs> of a lot of these Arizona names. We've got Spanish, we've got Indian, know, we've got I know. You know, a, a great variety of uh, you know, names from, from all kinds of languages and backgrounds. So that's one of them. So it's Sonoran, Mojave, Ch- Chihuahuan. Chihuahuan, and Great Basin. Great Basin. Up the north. Four yeah. deserts it's, of... It's my, go ahead. Just the four deserts in Arizona. And it's my yep. understanding they kind of converge in your neighborhood. They kind of all... Uh, there's different overlapping. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. I mean, the Chihuahuan's just kind of in the southeast corner and the Great Basin sort of in the north. Uh, I mean, the uh, yeah, in the northwest corner. And uh, But, the yeah, Mojave, the Sonoran overlap, the Chihuahuan and Sonoran overlap and stuff. So it does. It creates, again, just a, a hotbed of uh, biological diversity, and that's what makes it so interesting. And we won't dive into it, but each one of those deserts have specific biological requirements that – that classify them as those different yeah exactly types. and the sonoran is the most biodiverse desert in the world it's also the wettest desert in the world and it's the only warm winter desert in north america that's what makes you know again 
are Januarys, Februarys, Mar you know, that's what makes, again, so special. You know, when it's winter in my old home state of Ohio, it's winter. If you want to change that, you have to get on a plane and fly somewhere. When it's winter in Arizona, well, do you want to go skiing or do you want to go swimming or golfing or hiking? Or, you know, you, you've got those options. So, and let me give you the the third okay. fact here just real quick, because this is just one of my favorites. Fact number 125, the only movie where William Shatner co-starred with 5,000 live tarantulas was filmed in Arizona. Oh, no. So. How about that? What? Okay, so I got to know. What, what movie? The cult classic Kingdom of the Spiders, oh, filmed okay. in uh, my hometown of uh, Cottonwood and uh, also in Camp Verde, Sedona and stuff. They, they uh, needed, they didn't have CGI effects, so they needed... Needed uh, tarantulas, and they wow. offered ten dollars per spider, and the locals rounded up was, five thousand of that them. That was my and, question: uh, yeah. where did they get five thousand? <laughs> exactly. Oh, man, oh, man. <laughs> well, we've got Susan who's online. Uh, I promised I would tell y'all where I would go, but we're going to have to save that for the next segment because I want to ask Mr. Love. I I will never be able to get Jennifer to drive up this road again, so I'm going to have to take my Class A. Get it up there. Then I'm going to have to helicopter her in, and I want to know about living, actually living in a unit that big, and how well is it done. Let's see if we can bring Susie in. She says she has some, some great RV stories herself. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, get get yeah, in get in, run quick one, and we may have to go on break, and we'll get you I'm some more. I'm running. Okay, I'm trying really hard. I speak really long. Anyway, um... Our first RV we thought was great, and we loved it so much. We dumped our 28-foot and got a fifth wheel that was 42 feet. Yeah. And we got our kit, our twins. We bought a machine. Uh, we went to Williams all over Arizona. That's so all. much fun. Just now the the twins are 20. It's up for sale, and we're gonna do the the what class C or class A, the one that goes over the top. Over the top is a class like, A, too. So, <laughs> so it sounds like you want luxury on wheels. Well, we did. The 42 foot, it took us hours to empty it. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's so much fun. And, you know, when you have little kids, it's great to have an RV. It's so much fun. Uh, and I would suggest it to anyone. There you go. I mean, it makes every family vacation a field trip. It does, and it's all self-contained for most instances, so you don't have to pull over and, hey, you know, got to have a restroom break or not. And, and <clears throat> we didn't grow up glamping, you know, is uh, what a lot of people would call it now. But like Susan said with the grandkids, you find out you get to do so much more when you get there because you're not having to set up the tent. You're not having to, you know, trek for miles to find a spot to go to the restroom. Pack and unpack. Mm -hmm. You get to spend so much more time outdoors right. while you're actually right. there. And your food's with you in most instances if you didn't stop and pick it up at a farmer's market on the way. And it is the open home hour. Open road, open home hour. So, Steve, I need your help here. So this favorite place that I would like to spend nights under the Arizona sky is on a sky island. In Arizona, and I've take I've gotten Jennifer up the road once, and I've been told it's never ever going to happen again. No, but I could live at Riggs Lake 
on the top of Mount Graham. Now, it's not a state park, but it is national forest, Coronado National Forest. It is. And uh, also featured in my uh, previous book, Arizona's Scenic Roads and Hikes, because it is one of Arizona's uh, 27 official scenic roads. That's it's, the swift trail that goes up. It's not a scary road. It's a scenic road. It's there we go. Scenic huh. with a little scary <laughs> at the end there. <laughs> but at that Sky Island, I mean, it's like it's like if you're not careful, your nose is going to hit the stars. Yeah. I mean, it. you take a telescope up there, it's magnificent. Yeah, you're talking about the Pinalino Mountains, which, uh, another fact from my uh, awesome Arizona book, that's the most diverse mountain range in North America. There are 18 endemic and uh, species and sub subspecies uh, that exist nowhere else there stuff pinalinos have uh, 7,000 feet of vertical relief so yeah you're going from way down low to way up high there, honey, were, there were plenty honey, of rvs honey. at the top i do remember that <laughs> but i just can't even imagine nope. yeah that's that would be a little scary i i've got in my book that it's not recommended for vehicles over 26 <laughs> feet <laughs> a so, lot of people. <laughs> but i know some people do it's not prohibited but well, maybe uh, just lay down on the bed and i'll watch <laughs> If there's a sidewalk, I'll walk. So if, if I wanted to permanently relocate to Coronado National Forest at Riggs Lake and get permission from the Forest Service, uh, I can't afford a Class A, but I think that's what I would want to live in. Um, can, can, how big a mortgage can you give me on those? How can I? How, what are my finance options for a package like that? Well, there are options out there for financing, uh, certainly with bank rates up currently with everything, whether that's cars or RVs, that's not yeah. quite as appropriate or as attractive as it was several years ago. But in some situations, you can actually uh, um, finance an RV for 240 months. So it can be similar to a house payment or less or a car payment. In some situations, uh, you also have the ability to write some of that off if it's considered a second home. Are you a horse trader? Can I trade you some home equity? Well, you know, in, Mesa, my, in my primary <laughs> residence, we don't necessarily take equity, <laughs> but we do take various things on trade. Okay, all right. Well, it it is one of my favorite locations, and I mean, there's lots of them. And I mentioned Patagonia Lake earlier. Patagonia Lake's an awful pretty place to it's set up your RV. It's beautiful, and you know, another place I think it's overlooked down that way, Parker Canyon Lake. It's down a, a little more off the beaten path, yes, it but is. a very nice campsite there. And keep in mind, it's at 5,400 feet. It's higher than Payson, higher than Prescott, even though you're down almost on the Mexican border. But again, a really lovely campground overlooking the lake for yeah. tents and RVs. You get to Sonoida, and you're still 45 minutes away. Yep, yep. <laughs> and all these are fairly economical places to go, whether it's they are. You know, in your own vehicle or an RV. So if you're looking budget-wise, that's certainly something to take into consideration. All right. And y'all have got the show going on We do at Westworld today. Correct. Today and tomorrow. Started at 9 a.m. today. Runs through 7 p.m. today and tomorrow night. It's indoors. It's air-conditioned. Is it free? Free admission. Free parking. Okay. Uh, you could even, if you want to bring out your smartwatch and count your steps, we allow that as well. Okay. Now, we had taken a call earlier and it was asking about different class types, and that's something we cover in our weekly to-do uh, and this week, if you're following along in our home maintenance calendar uh, at our homeowner handbook, RV home ownership. Steve, you've got class A, B, and C. What are the Correct. differences between those? Well, it's really an industry designation. It does not indicate one's better than the other. So that's really a misnomer that a lot of people have to probably don't understand if they're new to the RV industry. Class A typically is your larger 
uh, motorhome that has all the features in it, typically from 30 feet to 45 feet. Uh, a lot of people will think they're like a bus that you maybe see a rock star or a band show up in, but they don't all go to that extent. <laughs> uh, you can actually find those in the you know a low 100,000 starting range currently if it's new. Certainly there's a lot of uh, used out there as well. So th those will be what's known as a Class A. A Class B uh, used to be like the 13-passenger Ford van that they cut the top off and put an 18-inch uh, fiberglass bubble on top so you could stand up in it, and it was uh, that was considered a Class B. Today, we're seeing a lot of the Class B market dominated by Mercedes Sprinters, which are typically 19 feet to 25 feet in length, uh, the Dodge Promaster, which again is in the same uh, length range, or even the Ford Transit now. Uh, so we're seeing various manufacturers convert those, whether they're uh, a van uh, primarily was set up with a living quarters inside, maybe a bed that, or a seat that folds down into a bed that was appropriate for two or three people, maybe not full time, but <laughs> two or three people for quick trips. And a lot of these smaller Class Bs today, you can take them out on the weekend and go to a favorite destination somewhere within Arizona park it at work the next morning when you have to go to work or go to the school and pick up the kids after soccer practice. Well, you guys must have just seen a huge increase in demand because when COVID hit us, I couldn't go to any of my favorite camping spots that didn't look like an RV campground. <laughs> and some of my favorite camping spots are pretty tough to get to. I mean, um, it really exploded in that time where people were told, stay home, go it nowheres. Did. Oh. It really did, and and that also caused a huge demand for RVs that existed, uh, and so inventories plummeted, just like in the car industry. Uh, inventories became very difficult to find if you were in the market. So if you may have purchased something during that time that was like, okay, I got it, but it's not exactly ideal. Our industry has come back. We now have great inventory of all classes, whether that's motorized or towable. And, and there's some great deals out there right now. So uh, it's, it's, not, it's not as tight or tough to find the RV that may be right for you today. I, I was just overwhelmed. Places I've been camping literally for 40 years and not, not having the experience of having to pick a spot, being able to go there in the Raptor, uh, throw down my tent. And, but, I mean, I, I would have to go back another five miles. Another eight months. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were everywhere. And in one way, it broke my heart. And another way, I thought, what better way for these families to appreciate the fresh air and the great state of Arizona? And it allowed them to get out and obviously oftentimes without a face mask on all the time. Amen. Because we had the, we had the uh, uh, distance at that point. We're going to take a call from Tucson. When we get back, Roger, be thinking about this. If I could put you in a Class A from La Mesa RV, you and your sweetheart... Uh, where my wife we... might get mad. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was assuming it was your wife. Uh, uh, I want to know a luxury RV, and you can go anywhere in the state of Arizona. I want to know where that is. But right now, we're going to go down to Tucson. Welcome Bruce into the conversation, and he has a question for Steve. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning. Um, I have a question, and thanks for explaining the differences between the three models. Um, what is your best seller? Of the sizes in that. Wow, Bruce, that's a, a hard one because, you know, La Mesa, we primarily um, really get into the motorized industry uh, of RVs. The, the Tolba industry, which are fifth wheels and travel trailers and pop-up campers, we, didn't really, we don't really specialize in that. But there are actually more Tolbas sold in the country per year than there are motorized. But as far as what goes best right now in the motorized industry is going to be a Class B, which is going to be, again, like on a Promaster or a Sprinter or a transit-based uh, product. 
Now, is that generally going to be a V8, V10 gas? Is it diesel? Uh, you have your well, option? What do you, you know? <laughs> well, uh, a lot of it, what you're seeing from uh, Mercedes right now is a diesel. Uh, it's about 188 horsepower, and I'm sorry, I don't know the, the specific details of yeah. what that engine is. And what do you mean? You don't have an encyclopedia <laughs> memorized of, of your inventory? I'm sorry, you know, just 200 units out there at the at the show right now. Uh, Ford is still uh, building chassis for the RV industry, so uh, a lot of that went back to the V10 engine here recently, or some V8s are out there as well. Uh, Dodge Promaster, again, is on gas, and then uh, the Transit van is on gas as well. And you can get those Sprinters and Transits in, in a four-wheel drive platform, can't you? Yes. Uh, you know, Mercedes is moving away from the four-wheel drive on Are demand they? right now to an all-wheel drive, but there's still oh. plenty of four-wheel drive on demand Mercedes bit, out there. A little bit higher clearance. A little bit, yes. Kind of that bug-out buggy is yes. what I call it. Right. And, and <laughs> you see a lot of that going on right now, especially in Arizona. Steve, is there any solar applications in RVs now? Oh, sure. There's a lot of solar out there, and it's surprising to see the changes in solar because years ago when I first got into the industry, you may have had a five uh, kilowatt solar panel mounted to the roof just to keep the, the house battery, or I'm sorry, the chassis battery charged with a trickle charge. Uh, you're now seeing even things that are mod or molded almost to the roof, so they're not quite as big and bulky anymore. But there is a lot of solar application out there, whether built to the RV, or we even offer uh, additional panels that you can actually put in your basement and take with you if you need solar power, uh, even in addition to what's on the coach as you camp. There's also some innovations coming around, and they've been out for a couple of years where you have an alternator uh, charging batteries, and we're seeing a lot of lithium oh. battery come into uh, this industry right now what, to keep the appliances and everything uh, running inside the coach when you're at Riggs Lake and you're not able to plug in yeah, and you yeah. don't have a generator oh. running. Uh, hopefully you've got the sun shining to keep those batteries uh, charged during the day. All right. If I go out to Westworld today or tomorrow to your free RV show. Correct. Free ultimate RV show. Free ultimate RV show. I can, I, I can look at about 200 different vehicles. Correct. What's going to be the most expensive one? You know, I can't tell you exactly what's out there right now, but I would guess uh, it's going to be a Tiffin 45-foot uh, Allegro bus. Okay. Uh, it's going to be fully outfitted. It probably, I don't know exactly what we have, but I would guess it may have marble floors in it. It's going okay. to have leather furnishings. It's going okay. to have a 605-horsepower diesel engine in it. So, so it does it have some mood lighting? It's got mood lighting, okay. uh, you know, in the ceiling. It's got a lot of small LEDs that are dimmable. Okay. Uh, so a lot of things that you see in the housing industry are available now in a, in a luxury RV. Yeah. How many will that? How many beds are in it? Well, not how many you'll sleep, because <laughs> my family can put twice as many people as there are beds in any place. So, how many beds are? My in guess, it? without knowing that floor plan exactly, it's going to have one king size bed. Okay. But some nice things about that, it, because of the slide out rooms, you can open it up when you're parked. So if you've got some kids with you, you well, maybe they like a sleeping bag on the floor or outside or around the coach. Okay. Uh, it's really designed for more the, the full-time person who wants to live in the coach. Maybe they come into Arizona from a okay. winter state sure. uh, like Ohio yeah. uh, and escape the sun and the, or the snow and get to the sun. And then they go back home during the little warmer months in Arizona. Okay, Roger. Now, if I put all my persuasion to work and I can get you in that unit with the fuel tank full. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, That's very nice of you. Where are you going? <laughs> where are you, where are you going to take it? Where are you going to go park that, that palace? Right now I'd go to Monument Valley. Oh man. You know, okay. I've been spending so much, uh, that, that we've had a super bloom 
winter and spring in the desert. And I've spent every bit of time chasing wildflowers across the desert. And I'm just feeling, I've, lately I've been thinking about it. It'd be nice to be up in the plateau country of Monument Valley. They've got a, a campground at the View uh, hotel right there in yeah. the tribal park, oh, and they've man. also got another one at Goulding's Lodge. I think the view doesn't have hookups, but uh, one at uh, Goulding's does. But uh, it sounds like if I got marble floors and a king size bed, my <laughs> wife and I would be fine at uh, at the view for a while, and I could get out and hike my favorite trail in the entire state oh, of Arizona, gotta the Wildcat Trail, three point two miles around the West Mitten. For anyone who grew up watching cowboy movies, western movies, uh, when you're hiking on the floor of Monument Valley around the mitten, it feels like uh, it feels very special. Now, with my power of persuasion, yeah. I may only be able to get you a used Schwinn <laughs> and, and an umbrella, <laughs> but, but it'd but still I, be a good I'll time to go to Monument yeah, Valley. Yeah, it's still it's still a good time. I don't know how much pedaling my wife's willing to do, but uh, we'll we'll work it out. Now, if you're new to Arizona. On the Monument Valley is where you would find Four Corners. Uh, yep. You've seen, you talked about cowboy movies like The Searchers come to mind. But like Jay Harper will point out, if you're going for authenticity, no, there are no Bob White quail in Monument <laughs> Valley like you hear in the background of the movies. <laughs> Beautiful Arizona Saturday morning. Last segment here, uh, Mr. Steve Love, La Mesa RV. A gentleman had called earlier and asked, what's your best seller? Now, you guys have a Phoenix, Mesa, and Tucson location. Correct. I would bet those probably vary from those locations, and not only in Arizona, but you guys kind of have the whole Southwest. You have California, Arizona, New Mexico, Florida. So about, I think it's 12 locations currently. I bet each one of those locations probably has... A, a slightly different bestseller. Uh, they do. So I guess what I'm looking here is bestsellers probably in this market and in a lot of our stores. Florida is a little different animal right now, but really it's the Class B, and those were readily available during the pandemic, and, and we see a lot of that coming in, variations from various manufacturers right now. So I think that currently that would be what I would consider the bestseller. And Amanda and I, you know, as we travel around with the kids and do rodeo, we talk constantly about what is the perfect setup. Is it an RV with a bumper pull? Is it a, a live-in quarters horse trail with a gooseneck, and then what do you tow it with? And, you know, you know, you, a lot of uh, rodeo parents, you know, buy used semi-pickup trucks, you know, the 18-wheelers that have been retired with, you know, 800,000 miles on them. But if you're only going to one rodeo a weekend and you're only yeah. putting on a couple hundred miles, that's nothing for those big rigs. But then now you're, what are you going to do with that thing? Where are you going to park that? Right. And, you know, you've got to have the space to park. It's not like you're going to drive to town and get groceries in it. So you got to have a different vehicle. So, right. I mean, there's the mix and match is never, there's so many different applications of what you could be doing. Don't look for a perfect, what's perfect for you right now. And yeah. that'll change over your Correct. life. Correct. And like you said, you guys take trade in. So at yes. the point you're ready to, you know, you move up, pivot change. your life. You may move up. You may we move may down. You may move down. You yeah. know, and I even know people who have the big luxury event a, a vehicle, and they have a smaller one for kind of their day-to-day -day travel. And Rosie had <laughs> asked about, you know, what's that big luxury? And we talked about in the last segment, what would be your Romy model? The, the Romy, well, <laughs> intro I, I, model. Well, oh, the intro <laughs> model? Well, uh, on, on a motorized version right now, we've got some great deals on what's known as a, an Integra by Jayco Odyssey, which is a Class C. It's 22 feet. 
It has a slide out, so it's got a lot of room inside, probably room for four to six people to sleep in it, depending on how big the people are. And uh, right now, that's really our entry-level model that we have a few, I think, still left at Westworld. And you had mentioned uh, a lot of Ford chassis are being built. I see a lot of the Jayco's on the Ford, if I'm not mistaken. That's typically what you find in the industry right now, although these ha- that we happen to have are on a Chevy chassis. The shows this weekend, correct. Westworld, free, hundreds of vehicles to look at. Correct. Air conditioning. Free, uh, yeah, free air, air conditioning. It's all air conditioning, that's right. <laughs> On and, our first 100-degree weekend. Yes. And, Roger, you're leaving here, and you're going to a speaking event. Yeah, I'm driving up to uh, Prescott right now. I'm speaking at Peregrine Book Company uh, this afternoon at 2 o'clock. Uh, on May 2nd, Tuesday, this Tuesday, I'm at uh, Rim Country Museum in Payson at 1. Next Saturday, I'm back in Phoenix at North Mountain Visitor Center at 11 a.m. And uh, on Monday, May 8th, I'm at the Reard Mansion in Flagstaff at noon. And are these... Uh, talks topic driven or they yeah, just they're all, quite, they're, are no, they Q&A all, no they're all presentations on my new book Awesome Arizona okay. with a slideshow but I do Q&A's uh, afterwards happy to answer questions how many well. books do you have uh, about 10 I think and we could eight, find eight, them where on my website rogernaylor.com great books focusing primarily on the great state of Arizona absolutely and you have given us three to give away one of them is the Awesome Arizona uh, one is Crazy for the Heat, Arizona Tales of Ghosts. Gumshoes and Bigfoot. What That's is a gumshoe? Gum oh, 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 my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. How, how did you raise this kid? <laughs> That's, That's an a generational thing. Yeah, it's an old-time uh, detective. That's my book oh. of fiction, okay. Arizona-based short stories. And then Arizona Scenics, uh, Scenic Roads and Hikes. Now, we're going to give these away by uh, a trivia question that you had read earlier. But before we get to that, I... I'm going to test you on two things that even Arizona natives get wrong. Okay. What it, Arizona has 14 rattlesnakes. Which is the Arizona rattlesnake, the official Arizona rattlesnake? The Ridge Nose. Very. And we have 13, I believe. 13. Yeah. And most people get that wrong. And I don't know if it's because of the Diamondbacks yeah, yeah, or because that's yeah, the most right, popular. Yeah. People flinch that. Yeah, but the it's Ridge not. Nose is a little, a little guy. He's not around that much, but... And it's only in southern Arizona and the high mountains. Uh, So, Roger, earlier, one of his facts of Arizona mentioned how many deserts are there in Arizona. Is there three, four, or five? Text the number you think of how many deserts are in Arizona to 411-923, and we'll pick three random winners and mail them each one of these books. Thanks for uh, coming in. Roger Naylor and LaMesa RV.